If your New Year's resolution is to eat healthier, why not replace that fast food breakfast sandwich with a homemade muffin? MerrimacPodcast.com slash store has tons of different flavors of oat bran muffins, and they are super easy to make. They even freeze well. Check out MerrimacPodcast.com slash store for oat bran muffin mixes that are low sugar, high fiber, and all delicious. Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mac. Today we're going to talk about the Smith Island cake. If you don't know what the Smith Island cake is, you're just going to you're just going to love this. The first time I had the Smith Island cake was in Ocean City, Maryland, and it's a it's a cake that comes from Smith Island, of course, which is in Maryland and it's an island that's been like it's it's like an island where the people that live out there are typically fishermen or they go out crabbing or whatever you know so so it's like a working fisherman island i guess you would say so people do live out there and this cake has a history on the island and a history in the area it's a cake that you really only get in that area i guess is the best way to say it so you'll get it around Ocean City, Maryland, or maybe Virginia Beach, or Nags Head, or those sort of places along the coast there. And what it is, it's a multiple, very thin, layered cake with a thin fudge icing on it. And apparently the history behind this thing is that on Smith Island, when the fishermen would go out on an, on an extended trip, their wives would make them these cakes because they traveled really well. And I guess back then they only had like four, maybe six layers. So they were six layers of a yellow cake or, you know, five or six layers of a yellow cake that are about maybe a quarter of an inch thick. And then they had this thin fudge icing on it and and um, over the whole cake. So what that would do is once it sets up, once you you assemble this cake and it sets up, it's very sturdy cake. I guess that's, I should have just said that right. It's a very sturdy cake. So they could take this out on a boat. And number one, it lasted for a long time because of all the thin layers that are sort of sealed in chocolate. And number two, it didn't slide around like a normal layer cake would. You know, it would stay pretty stable. Now this is an old cake. This dates back to the 1800s, the mid to late 1800s, this cake does. And it, of course, it's evolved over time, but it's, it's an old cake. It's a traditional old cake, and it's a really good one. And as a matter of fact, I believe in 2008, it was made the state cake of the state of Maryland. So there's only three states that have a state cake. Maryland is one of them, and this is it because it's so well known. Now, like I said, I had it in Ocean City. I've had it in other places along the coast, too. I think I had a slice in Nags Head. It's a unique cake. It's very sweet. It's the sort of a cake you might have with a cup of good, strong coffee or tea. It's a very good cake. And I'll tell you what, if you enjoy making cakes, if that's a thing that you enjoy doing, this is a fun one to try. Although I must say that my entire kitchen was a disaster after I made. I'm not. I'm a messy baker to begin with, but my entire kitchen was a wreck after this because you use your. If you have a stand mixer, you'll use your stand mixer. You have all these layers to make of cake. My cake had nine layers. It worked out to nine layers, and then you have to make this icing, and then oh, it's just everywhere. So, if so you're going to you make this cake, make sure you have like a child or spouse on hand to assist with dishwashing? Either that or make sure you have a good solid block of several hours because it's going to be, you know, this is an extended project, but well worth it. 
well worth it. And since I made it, one of the things, one of the reasons I started this podcast was a lot of times you'd find a recipe online that was goofy or sounded like that's not going to work. Or you might see a video and look at it and like, seriously, these people, this can't, this isn't even, you know. So a lot of times when you make something, you find a lot of tips and tricks in making it. I did as I went through this and I read, there's not a ton of recipes for this cake out there, but I read four different recipes for it. I watched three different videos having had it myself and I kind of have seen it before. So I, I knew what to expect, but also I, I began to think all the recipes that I looked at called for evaporated milk. Now I'm not a huge fan of evaporated milk <laughs> so and I usually don't have it. And I wasn't going to go buy it because I also happened to have whole milk in my refrigerator and I had heavy cream. So I had things already and I felt like I didn't really need the evaporated milk because really evaporated milk has not been in popular use for that long. Well, okay, it has been in popular use since like the 40s. But from the time this cake was made, I'm sure they were using fresh out of the cow milk. You know what I'm saying? So... I thought, okay, I'll do that. You know, I'll I'll just use the milk that I have. Now, another thing that I would like to say is that one of the videos slash recipes that you find online is from a woman. I wish I I didn't write it down and I apologize for that. But it's a very popular video and it's on YouTube of a woman who makes, shows you how to make a Smith Island cake. And she uses... Basically, the recipe that I'm using, except instead of flour, she uses a package of yellow cake mix, which to me is kind of a waste because basically if you're already putting in all this other stuff, you know, that's also in your cake mix too. It's, it's kind of a waste. So I don't recommend the cake mix. I don't recommend substituting a cake mix for your flour. However, this cake you could very easily... Just make a yellow cake mix and use the yellow cake mix for your cakes if you wanted to do that. If you didn't want to make a scratch cake, you could just mix up in any way you want to. Just make a yellow cake and it would work Um, because I've also read that and people do do that. And you can also refer to our pumped up box cake, uh, which we've talked about in many episodes. I don't remember the numbers, but I know the one where we did strawberry shortcake. You mentioned it there. Yeah. Yeah, so you could do, you could also, like she said, you could use that pumped up box cake. But this is basically kind of like a sponge cake, I guess you would say. It's, it's got a lot of eggs in it, and it's got a lot of butter in it. But it's a scratch cake, and it wasn't difficult to make. It's a little easier to make if you have a stand mixer, but you also don't need a stand mixer. The icing is the thing here. The icing is basically, the, what the icing is, is like thin fudge candy, I guess would be the way to say that. Or a very thin ganache, uh, sort of an icing, very thin. So what I realized when I made this cake was it would have been a lot easier had I made the icing first and then made the cakes because the cakes cooled way faster than the icing did. So one of the things I noticed is the woman who's from Smith Island and makes these cakes, she doesn't really, she lets the cakes cool. She doesn't really let the icing cool. Her icing was also made with cocoa powder, which... Yeah, I mean, you could use that if you want to. I did find a recipe on the state website that had a better, what I thought was a better icing recipe and a better technique. Because one of the times that I had a piece of Smith Island cake, the icing was really gritty. So you want to watch that on this icing because it's it's the kind of an icing that could happen to. 
So I'm going to give you the icing recipe first, and then we'll do the cake recipe. And the key to the icing is, number one, is using a heavy pan. Now, I happen to have the perfect heavy pan, which was a heavy pot, rather, which was a uh, La Crusette pot that I got for Christmas. <laughs> and I used that to make the icing. In. And the great thing about that was it let the icing cool really slowly. And also the bad thing about that was it let the icing cool really slowly. <laughs> but it was a perfect pan because the icing didn't scorch. It came, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. If so, if you have a really heavy bottomed pan, that's what I would recommend doing your icing in. Or like I said, the uh, La Crusette enamel coated cast iron pan. So you need two cups of sugar, one cup of heavy cream, five ounces of unsweetened chocolate chopped, and I recommend using Baker's unsweetened chocolate. You need four ounces, that's one stick of butter, and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. So what you're going to do is put your sugar and cream into your heavy bottom pot on the stove on medium-low to medium. And you have to keep an eye on this. And you want to dissolve your sugar into your cream. Now, it might not be absolutely completely dissolved, but you want to get it as dissolved as you can. You don't want the milk to be like cooking or boiling or anything like that. But you're going to just sit there and stir your cream. And you can even like take a little touch off of the spoon and see if you feel the sugar, you know, because you believe me, you can feel the sugar in there because that's a lot of sugar. Just do that until it smooths out. I want to say it took mine about five to eight minutes to where I had it blended really well. Then you want to put in your unsweetened chocolate, which has been broken up. And the baker's chocolate actually comes in smaller, the way the bars are laid out, they break into smaller pieces when you snap them apart. So that's plenty. You don't have to chop it up. And then um, your stick of butter cut up in little pieces, drop that in. And then you let the whole thing melt. And you want it to melt and you want it to go until it's all melted together and you can blend it up well in the pan. Would you recommend stirring occasionally while it's melting or constantly moving it around? I, my thought was not constantly, but pay attention to it. Don't try and do another job while you're doing this is the easiest way I can say it. So you can stir it a couple times and watch it and stir it, you know. You don't have to like constantly whisk it, not that kind of level of stirring. Once everything is melted, you get it all, you know, nice and melted and mixed together. You can turn the heat up a little bit and then allow it to cook. And it's going to take about 10 to 15 minutes of cooking and just stir it every once in a while. And you'll notice a change in the appearance of the icing. It's very shiny. When you stir it, it'll get very shiny. You don't want it to be boiling or bubbling or anything like that. But you'll see the steam coming off of it where it's very hot. Once you get it to where, like after you've cooked it for, say, 10 to 15 minutes, and you've stirred it, and it looks like it's come together really well, take it off the heat, put your teaspoon of vanilla in it, Stir it some more to combine and then take it off the burner and set it aside. It'll stay warm in that pan, your heavy bottom pan. It's going to take it a long time to cool off. And then I just like, as I passed by every so often, taking layers and layers of cake over, I just gave it a couple stirs, you know, while it was sitting there. So it's just going to sit there and slowly cool. Believe me, it's going to be still hot when your cakes are done. <laughs> so now for your cakes, this is the recipe from the Smith Island website. 
This is a good recipe. It made it. It was a very good, very sweet, very sweet cake. <laughs> so you need two sticks of butter at room temperature, cut into chunks. You need three cups of flour, fourth teaspoon salt, one. It says one heaping teaspoon of baking powder, but I'm going to say about one and a fourth teaspoons of baking powder. I don't know what the heaping. The, these recipes were cracking me up because they're not the, like the measures are like. A heaping something. What? Nobody measures like that. You know, so whatever. Anyway, <laughs> two cups of sugar, five large eggs, one and one half cups of whole milk, and two teaspoons of vanilla. Because I did not use the evaporated milk. I'm telling you, it's better with regular. Evaporated milk, here's the thing with evaporated milk it has a weird taste to it. And you will know it. Like when you use it in something, I don't know why, but I can always catch it. I don't know why it is, but it must it must be a scent that has a bad memory for me or something. But I can always catch it. So, we used regular whole milk. Here you go for the cake. If you use a stand mixer, that's fine. Or you can use a hand mixer, but you have to use a mixer. It's too much to do by hand completely. So what you want to do is sift the flour, salt, and baking powder together into a bowl. And in another bowl... Cream your butter and sugar until it's nice and fluffy, so you got to make sure it's well mixed, okay? Then you're going to add the eggs one at a time and beat after each addition until it's nice and smooth. Then you're going to slow your mixer down and start adding your uh, sifted dry ingredients about a cup at a time. So add a cup, beat it until it's mixed in well, add another cup, keep mixing it in. And then you're going to start adding the milk the same way, nice and slow. Just add your milk until it mixes in, and then add your vanilla. So that's kind of the way they have it set up for a stand mixer, but I would do the same thing if I were mixing it by hand because you have so much butter there, you're not going to have a problem mixing your flour in. This cake batter is pretty thin. It flows pretty well, but it's not going to be like runny, but it's pretty thin. So now when you get ready to do your cakes, when you're ready to bake... I mine made nine layers out of this cake. So what I did, I had I just happened to have nine cake pans. I have way more than that because that's what I do my breads and cinnamon rolls in, and I double them for an insulated pan. If you have enough pans that you can double your nine inch round cake pans, that's great. If not, don't worry about it. But get a nine inch get your nine inch round cake pans. And even if you only have three to work with, that's fine too. You just pop your cake out, regrease it and start over. I also put a circle of parchment paper in the bottom of my pan, which helps a lot. If you don't have parchment paper, you can do the same thing with wax paper. So you make a circle the same size as the inside of the pan. You grease the bottom of the pan, put your parchment paper or wax paper in, and then grease it again. Grease the paper itself. Okay? So once you have three pans ready... You're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and put the rack right in the middle. And then you have your pans ready. I'm doing this all out of order, but it'll make sense at the end. (laughs) You have your pans ready. You're going to put three spoonfuls of batter in each of the cake pans. So what size spoon? Isn't that funny? That's why I knew you would ask that. Okay, that's what the recipe says. And I was laughing. I'm like, what does that even mean? You got all these spoons going on and heaping and whatever. So what I did, one of the recipes said, 
about two-thirds of a cup of batter into each pan, okay, which is reasonable. You can find a two-thirds measuring cup. I had a cookie scoop that worked perfectly. It was a large-sized cookie scoop, and what I did, I measured water in it. I put water in it, and then I put it into a two-thirds cup, and three scoops were just about two-thirds cup. Large cookie scoop worked fine. You can use a two-thirds measuring cup if you want to. And you're going to put that much batter in each one of your pans and then spread it around carefully so it's pretty level. Two or three of mine weren't real level, but I've seen pictures of cakes that obviously weren't real level either. (laughs) But try to get it as level as you can. Tap it on your counter a little bit. That helps. And then as soon as your oven's preheated, put your first three layers in and bake them. They take about 10 to 12 minutes to bake. If your oven is a little on the hot side, I would set your timer for like nine minutes and then check it. And how they test done is when you when you look at the cake, on the very outside edge of the cake, it'll be very, very lightly brown, and you'll know they're done. You can't use any really other method to test these cakes. Um, this recipe says that if you, you pick it up and it's still sizzling, it's going to still be sizzling. I don't care. You could bake it till it's like a hockey puck and it'll still be making a noise. But once you see, probably at about the 11 minute mark, you'll see a little brown rim on your cake and then you'll know. Just barely, just barely golden brown. And I took them out and I flipped them really carefully and quickly. I flipped them out onto a cooling rack and I let them cool, okay? And then you could either, if you have to reuse your same pans, just let them cool off for a minute and then re-grease them and put a new piece of paper in the bottom and put two-thirds of a cup of batter in each one and keep going until you run out of batter. Now, I have another question as well. If you have never used parchment paper when making a cake before, do you let them cool a little bit before you take the parchment paper off or do you take it off as soon as you flip them onto the cooling rack? Let them cool a little bit because the parchment paper can also be very hot. And what what happens is that it'll curl up a little bit so you can catch the edge of it and just go real slow. It's not like ripping a Band-Aid off or something. You know, you just go nice and slow and pull it up off, put it in the trash. Okay, so once you go along, you get all your layers done and they're all nice and cool and your icing, you've been walking past it and giving it a stir every couple minutes. You can put your cake together when your layers are cool. You don't want your icing to be completely cool, though, because it's really hard to spread if it gets completely cool. If it's cooler than you think, like if it doesn't look like it's going to spread real well, you can put your burner on for a second and warm it up again, just like, you know, warm it up a bit. But as long as it's not even quite room temperature, as long as it's warm to the touch, it'll spread nice. And you want to put about two to three tablespoons of icing on each layer. So you take your first layer and put it on your cake. You can put it on like a, if you have a cake plate or a flat platter, you can put it on or something like that. That works fine. So put your first layer down and put a re- put your uh, two to three tablespoons of icing on there. And then if you have an angled spatula that, that's like the right kind that you use for icing cakes, that works fine. If you don't, you can use the back of a big spoon. You can use a butter knife, whatever you have. But spread the icing out all the way to the edges of the cake and then set the next layer on and then repeat, repeat, repeat until you get to the top layer. Once you get to that top layer 
if you have enough icing left, this is the way I would do it because sometimes you don't have, sometimes for whatever reason you run out of icing, okay? So if it looks like you're not going to have enough icing to do the whole cake, put the icing on the top layer and let it just drip down the edges, okay? If you're going to have enough, put the icing on the very top of the cake and spread it around and then go around and act like you're cementing a wall, (laughs) You go around with your icing and kind of like keep pulling it up onto the cake. And what this icing does is it actually kind of soaks into the cake a little bit and it sets up real fast once it's cool, which is why you want your cake layers to be cool because you want that icing to, this icing kind of works like a bond to bind the cake layers together. So you want that icing to cool quickly as you're putting the cake together and then, you know, you want it to be all over the cake. I, however, ran out of icing because I I was trying to, I was using like three different recipes to do this and nobody really specifically said how much icing to use. And I started doing a little more research and I found out that someone says just put two, three. And I'm like, why couldn't, why can't it be in all the recipes? Ha! So just watch how much you use between layers. You should have enough to finish. But like I said, a lot of times this cake actually doesn't have icing on the outside edges. And that is your Smith Island cake. And the beautiful thing is when you slice it, you get this beautiful multi-layered yellow and dark brown cake. And it's very, very tasty. It's wonderful served with a little dollop of uh, sweetened whipped cream. Looks very nice too. Nice presentation. And um, if you don't want to go to all this trouble though, this this person that makes these cakes on YouTube will send you one for $80 plus shipping. So I'd make your own. (laughs) So there it is, the Smith Island cake. I hope you at least read it, the recipe through and, you know, maybe watch some of the videos about it. It's really kind of an interesting backstory too. And uh, check out our pictures on Facebook and Instagram of the cake that, uh, that I made. And it was, it was really good. I actually had several people taste test it and they really liked it. So give it a try. It's, it's a fun, rainy day, gloomy, I'm snowed in kind of project. So give it a try and good luck. And make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse on Twitter at mobile Mary Mac and Mary Mac podcast. And on our website, Mary Mac Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.